Hey homebodies, it's Robin and Molly and we're here to remind you that if you're looking to buy a home or refinance to be sure to check out our platinum sponsor Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Aaron is licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin and is a top lender in the area. You can find his information on our website homeiswherethemurderis.com in all our show notes and on all of our social media platforms. Again, if you're looking for the best in lending, check out Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Robin. And this is... Home is where the murder is. Welcome, all of you people. Welcome to our show. Welcome. Here we are. Hey, how's everyone's week going? Please all respond at once. One, two, three, go. Wow. Sounds like you're doing good. (laughs) Sounds great. I think we probably sound like we have completely lost our minds. (laughs) We have. (laughs) I have. Yeah, I'm a little, feeling a little nutty. <laughs> Robin's going to lose hers this week. It's going to be a rough week. Robin's going to have one of those weeks. I don't, I'm so, I'm excited for it because I'm doing a lot of work things. It's like, it's it's good stuff, but it's just a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. So right. So it's going to be, I'm going to be stretched a little thin. I only get to see my son one day this week, which I think is what honestly is truly bothering me because I hate not being there but i also feel like i'm not pulling my weight in our co-parenting on days like this or that's on tough like this so but i mean it but it, it's a balance i mean yeah. you each you know give and take so I, I get that but it's hard i know but they i feel like they just do so much and then i'm over here like oh i'm sorry i can't take them for six days in a row i know but they understand and you know yeah. that i know but it's tough still any and you get it any mom understands like even if Absolutely. dropping off your kids for a weekend it sometimes feels like you feel bad yeah so I don't know. Yep. It'll be fine and hopefully it goes quick. But yeah, I went to the Packer game yesterday, which was amazing. They actually won. They did. So when we- so so the Packers is our NFL team yep. here in America for the people because we are listened to in 73, 73 countries, countries now, yep. which is really cool. Yeah, we just found that out this morning. Yeah, so we, we were cool. looking at our stats this morning. So um, 73 countries around the world. Yeah. So thank you for that. That's yeah. really, really and hopefully cool. in all those countries, not only are you listening to us, but you're also cheering on the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. If you are looking for a team to cheer for, the Green Bay Packers are it because they are a fun team. They are yeah. owned by the fans, which yeah. is really cool. And as as a fan, I own them. I own them. Yes. I honestly didn't think about that, but I could walk around saying I own the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Well, I think you have to have like... My mom does. Yeah, your mom does. Yeah, but I'm like an appendage of my mom. You basically... So. You're, yeah. There you go. I'm like the assistant to the regional manager of the Packers. Of your mom. Of my mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, they... I've now never been to Lambeau where they've lost. So I'm still undefeated, which is, I guess, what we needed. We've lost how many in a row? Three? Four? Yeah, it's been a rough season because we have a new quarterback this year. And he's just getting his stride. Yeah, and it, it takes a little while. So, um, But I, my mom asked me to go, and I said, well, I've never lost at Lambeau, so they have to pull it together. And they did, and it yep. was a sloppy game, but it yeah. was good. And, and now we're a sports podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, and so, and then anybody that is looking for a team to cheer for, another reason you should cheer for the Packers is because Matt LaFleur is our, our head coach. Google this guy. He is fine. Yeah. I mean, 
And it could be his last year. It will not. I will go wherever he goes. He is gorgeous. Yeah. And that's that enough is why you should cheer for the the Packers. Yeah. So. So, yeah, but that's it for that's all I want to say about that's the all for sports. But I went to that yesterday. That's, that's our little that pocket of sports. Yeah. So I went to that. That was fun. Yeah. And I'm just, uh, it's been a long weekend, just always doing stuff. Like, I just need one of those days where I don't do anything, so. Yeah, and you don't get that this week. Nope. Nope. But by the time they listen to this, another Packer game will have already passed. True. And we don't know what happened. We are not fortune tellers. I won't be at that one, so they'll probably lose. There you go. But we do want to chat with you guys and let you guys know where we're at episode-wise. So we're over 12,000 downloads, which is good. And we're, I think we're downloading about 2,000 a month. Yep. Very good. Thank you. And yes, uh, so we have our top five episodes that, and we're wondering if you've listened to them yet. Yeah. So here they are. Uh, episode one, the Johanna, the murder of Johanna Balsevich is our number one episode. Number two is episode nine, the murder of Jill Halliburton Sue. Number three is the murders of Bart and Krista Halderson, also the Ch- Chandler Halderson case. And number four is the John List murders. And episode number five, I'm sorry, number five on the list is episode number eight, the Schaffhausen sisters. So those are our top five episodes. Wondering if you guys have listened to those yet. And, you know, those are all earlier episodes. Yeah. So, again, we've gotten better at this as we've gone along. And the sound quality has gotten better, too. So, So, but that's pretty exciting that we're uh, constantly growing. I mean... It looks like our retention rate's pretty good, too. We seem to be getting the same listeners every week. Yeah. So we love that. And then new ones. So I, I met, ran into a few more people this weekend that are now listening to our, epi- our, our episodes, our well, show. They well, are. They are yes. episodes as well. Yep. So yep. we really appreciate you guys supporting us and all the all the support of that you're giving us as individuals as well is really helpful because we need it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we certainly do. So. Yeah. But how about any any updates with you? Not really. Great. Do you want to get Other in the than river? the weather. Let <laughs> oh, me tell you about the weather. Could you please? Yes, I will. Um, so people are doing a lot of fall cleanup right now. So today is a great day for, for some fall cleanup. Um, this Monday, we're recording on a Monday right now. And it's beautiful outside. It it's going to be in the 60s. Yep. So I'm, I'm good with this weather. It's not going to get into the 70s. I would not be okay with that this time of year. Um, but yeah, it's really nice outside today. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful fall day. Uh, it's a good day to get up those Christmas decorations because you know what? It's going to get into the forties later this week. So I do want to get my Christmas decorations up just because I'm never home. So I'm like, I got to get it up when I am home. And And that's the thing because all of a sudden it's just going to snow. I know. And it's like, I know that like, and I try to usually wait till like after Thanksgiving, but the thing is I just don't have the time. See, I'm so I, I talk about this with other people. So we are a Halloween decorating family. We don't decorate for fall. I like the spooky season. I like to decorate for Halloween. So when we take down Halloween decorations, like I did this weekend, we will put up Christmas decorations. I don't mess around with Thanksgiving. I am so sorry, Thanksgiving. But I just don't play with you. I don't play. <laughs> I don't play with Thanksgiving. I, I will. I, I celebrate Thanksgiving in the sense that I will eat turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> but I, I go straight into Christmas. So I need that holly jolly bowl of jelly St. Nick in my life right away. Uh, you are a lot i know hi i've had coffee yeah but no but yeah we just we don't have like fall decorations so if we take down 
Halloween, we just yeah. put up Christmas. He just reminded me of something. Somebody told me this weekend <laughs> about our podcast. She's like, I love your podcast. You know, you guys always say no, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Midwest thing. I know, but I guess it's, oh, 100%. it's funny because she's like, She's like, I never noticed it was such a Midwest thing until I started listening to your podcast. It 100% no, but yeah. is. No, it's- but yeah. There's like a whole <laughs> list. There's like a meme thing of like Midwest. Yeah. It's like no, but yeah means yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, but no means no yeah. or what, whatever it is. We but know like, what it means when we're saying it in the context. Oh, absolutely. But it's funny because I never noticed it. No. Because, but then I listened to our last episode and we both do it back and forth. Like mm-hmm. we, like you would say no, but yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no, but yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, we do say it. So yep, that's just it makes me laugh because I, I I don't I now don't you're hear it. hearing now it when, and now now and I, now you're focusing on yeah, it. So yeah, I just think that's funny because I'm sure I think people, you just did it. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. I think you maybe. Did I? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna like try not to do it. No, no, but yeah, you want to say, <laughs> it. Wanna say, you wanna it, say it? it? Oh my gosh, it's such a Midwest thing. It is. <laughs> So Midwest, again, is like the middle of the United States. That seems like an obvious thing, but like for the people yeah. that are in different countries. Yeah. So maybe the people that are in the other 73 countries listening to us, you guys can start saying no, but yeah. And just let's make And this, just confuse everyone let, around you. Yeah. But it's a very just Midwest. look on their faces when you say it. Yeah. It'd be great. Mm-hmm. But Please do. Anywho. But yes. Um, so that is what's going on. Yeah. Great updates. So I have a kind of a longer one. Okay. So I'm going to... We're going to jump in. Get right to it. But we didn't get right to it. No. But now we are. God. No more coffee for you. Here we go. <laughs> such a challenge today. <laughs> I'm a challenge every day. Yeah. Oh, I did want to say one thing. The last episode that I did, so two episodes ago... Yeah. I ended it by saying that the murder happened in California, but it doesn't. It happens in Texas. So yeah. I just wanted to correct that. So correction area. Yeah. Um, I listened back to it and I was like, at the end, I said, I'm like, well, it was California. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was Sam. Like, Robin. No, yeah, I know. I was very mad at myself. So if you heard that episode and I started off by talking about how it happened in San Jose, Texas, and then I yeah. ended up saying San Jose, California, just ignore me. Okay, what a, you guys, I was to the end there. I was done. What a, what a little mistake. It's right somewhere there. warm with pools. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So good, good correction. So the reason I brought that up is because this one happens in Texas as well. So I'm covering it, covering the, the border there to okay. this weekend. This You're day, this making, making your making rounds. rounds. You're going so, around. So this is the murder of Manuela Allen. Manuela Sabine Allen was born on April 9th, 1970 in Unterschwarzenberg in Bavaria, Germany. Let's oh. try that again. <laughs> Unter Schwarzenberg. I think I got that. In Bavaria, Germany. Okay. In college, she came to the United States to study English, which is where she met Peter Allen. Peter described the first time he ever set eyes on Manuela, saying she was absolutely beautiful. The two fell in love, wed in 1996, and moved to Olney, Texas in 2008. Olney? Olney. Olney. So oh. the, it's funny because... I, I watched a Dateline episode on this, and they can all say that word, only. I think my Midwestern tongue doesn't right. allow me to do it. Okay. So it sounds like I'm saying only, uh-huh. but the L is over in front of the N. Okay. So it's only, but I can't say it. Okay. And you caught that right away, so thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, Midwest. She's over there just smiling. Uh-huh. So they moved to Olney, Texas in 2008. Now, this is a small-ass town, only around 3,000 people. 
They, uh, as of 2020. So could even be smaller at this point or more, you know, population issues. Yeah. So essentially everyone knows everyone. And you become even more popular when you are teaching the youth in the small town, which is what Manuela and Peter did. Manuela taught German and English, and Peter taught math at only high school. They were absolutely absolutely adored in their professions, and Peter was known as the tough love teacher, and Manuela was the, I'll give you the same response, but in a more gentle manner type of person. You know, kind of like us. Yeah. <laughs> Sugar and spice. Yep. Yep. Manuela was described as the teacher that could always be heard laughing or having fun with her students. There wasn't a soul in that school that didn't adore her. She was always in attendance of high school football games, and she was known to have a cowbell that she would ring loudly throughout the games. And the team really needed a cheerleader because they were known for winning. Too, they weren't known for winning too many games. In fact, at one point, they were the third-ranked team with the longest losing streak. Yeah. So, but it's high school football. You cheer anyway. Yep. Outside of school, Manuela and Peter had a happy marriage, raising their two sons and two daughters. They lived at 608 West Main Street, which was a cute three-bed, two-bath Cape Cod with approximately 1,700 square feet. They lived a modest but very happy life, and since both Peter and Manuela were teachers, they were able to spend their summers in Germany, where Manuela grew up, which is exactly what they did in the summer of 2019. However, little did they know at the time that it would be their last family trip with Manuela by their side. Now let's go back a couple of years to what happened on Sunday, July 7th, 2019 in the town of Olney, Texas. That morning, Peter was in the living room surfing the web on his computer. He had slept in the living room the night before because of his snoring. I can relate. I was going to say sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He says Manuela kissed him goodnight around nine that evening and went to bed. So when his daughter Kiera came into the living room in the morning and asked where mom was, he responded with a scuff, well, where do you think? She's in her room. Kira tells him that she tried the door and it's locked. So he tells her to go around the back and go through the garage door. So the home's layout is somewhat unique as the master bedroom also had a laundry mudroom that connected to the garage. So kind of paint that picture. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So Kira went through the other door and that's when she saw blood everywhere, but no sign of her mother. She sees a pocket knife on the floor and picks it up to see if there was blood on that as well before setting it down and leaving the room. Hmm. Not supposed to do that. Not, but I mean, she's a kid. No, I know. She doesn't think but, of it, but yeah. It's like one of those things where when I read yeah. that, I was like, mm. ooh, shouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah. She goes to tell her dad, who takes a look and immediately thinks that Manuela must have cut herself. He also notices that her white Arcadia is gone from the front of the house. Stumped, the ex-Green Beret tries to make sense of what he is seeing. Knowing his wife of 23 years, the only thing he can think of is that she cut herself, cut herself somehow and drove to the hospital, like not wanting to like disturb everybody in the family, like, oh, shit, cut myself. It's looking bad and just going. That's what his, that's the only thing he can think of. Yeah. But blood everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, sure. Um, but he also couldn't figure out what on earth she had cut herself on. So because the knife didn't seem like something that could just, if she cut herself, it wouldn't have that much blood. So he's like trying to like, he doesn't, trying to make sense of this. So alarmed by the scene, Kira and Peter drive to the local hospital to see if Manuela is there, but she's not. They return home and call the police. Officers ask the family to step outside while they investigate the scene. And upon doing so, they find their 19-year-old son, Darian, is still in his room with no clue that something was going on. 
Officers ask him to wait on the porch and his father and sister while they investigate. With the father and sister while they investigate. Excuse me. So that is Darian's wake-up call. That his good his his happy good morning is the police showing up at his bedroom door and telling yeah. him to go stand outside. Why wouldn't they just call the hospital rather than driving? Um, the police there? ended up calling all the local hospitals. Okay, so outside, Peter is calm but trying to think through the process, possible scenarios of what could have happened to his wife. So it's not even registering to him that she's in any danger. He's just like, what the hell is going on? Like this is just weird. And there is an interview with him online where they're like, he's very calm and everything, but he was a green beret. He doesn't freak out. He thinks things through. Tries yeah. to find a logical solution to it. So police return and say they have tried contacting Manuela with no luck and have tried all the nearby hospitals and there's no sign of her. Officers begin to put a plan in place by trying to track down her car and pin her phone. The realization begins to set in for Peter that something bad may have happened to his wife. And for one of the few times in his life, he, he got actually very scared. He pushed down his fear, though, and began trying to figure out how he was going to find his wife. Now, it has become apparent to law enforcement at this point that they have a crime scene on their hands. The bedroom had pools of blood and drag marks on the floor. It also looks like whoever was being dragged had tried to grab onto the door frame, but was unsuccessful. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I'm like, if there's lots of blood. Yeah. 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 I'm like. The bed was missing the sheets and they found drag marks in the laundry room leading into the garage. They also found a bloody footprint in the kitchen and more blood in the hallway. They immediately put out an APB for Manuela's white Arcadia and take Peter and the kids down to the station to get their statements. As the crime scene tape goes up around the home, local resident and police lieutenant David Wilk stops by the home to find out what's going on. Lieutenant Wilk works for the neighboring county, but knows the Allen family well. He is told that Mrs. Allen is missing and it doesn't look good for her, that she was either killed in the bedroom or gravely injured. The rush was on to find the beloved 49-year-old teacher. Down at the station, Texas Rangers are called in to assist with the investigation. Because remember, this is a small town. So yeah. they had to call on the big guns. Yeah. They, they haven't dealt with, they don't deal with things exactly. like this. Yep. Yeah. So 16-year-old Kira gives her statement and says she had gotten home from her boyfriend's house around 11.50 p.m. She says Peter opened the door to let her in and then went back to the couch. And she assumed her mom was in her room. Kira then went into her room where she FaceTimed her boyfriend until she fell asleep. Ah, young love. No kidding. Yep. Kira said she woke up around 8.45 a.m. to go to the gym, and when she went to put her clothes in the washing machine, that's when she saw that her mom's door was locked. Now, something to note is that Kira's room is right next to her mother's. So if there was a struggle in that room, it's surprising that she didn't hear it. Peter tells detectives that he slept on the couch that night and hadn't heard anything out of the norm. He does say that around 5 a.m. he thought he heard his wife's car start, but he didn't think anything of it because she was probably just going to get coffee or something. Now, where David is within the house is about 20 feet from where Manuela was sleeping, and he heard nothing. So that's where law enforcement's kind of like, you were in the living room, your wife was in her bedroom, and you heard nothing. Yeah. So overall, law enforcement is just floored that no one in this small home heard a struggle in that bedroom. Okay? As the crime scene tape... um. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just read that? Oh, I moved my finger down. Yeah. Sorry. My bad, guys. My bad. Uh, so, Detective Wilkes, uh, now that he works for the neighboring county, he's going to go look around the area for Mrs. Allen. And he is asked to go to a swimming area called Lake Cooper to see if maybe her car was there. On a, Upon arrival, he sees her SUV. Oh. 
So again, now this is the lieutenant that knows this family well yeah. too. So looking over the vehicle, he notices that there is no one in the vehicle, but he does see a brown smear that looked to be dry blood. He calls in the tag and it is confirmed that it is Manuela's vehicle. So Lieutenant Wilk begins to look around the area and he notices some fabric. He heads closer to it and that's when he discovers the dead body of Manuela Allen. He calls it to the dispatch within minutes. Texas Rangers are on the scene. Now, there's a Dateline episode about this. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of the police recordings. Yeah. And when he calls this into dispatch, remember, small town. Yeah. He says, yep, this is Manuela Allen. And the dispatcher goes, no. So, like, everyone Everyone knows knows. them. Yeah. Like, you really feel it. Yeah. And it's, I I just, I don't like it. Yeah. Okay. So, meanwhile, Peter is still speaking with detectives when there is a knock at the door. The detective steps out and is informed that Manuela was found deceased and that it was indeed a homicide. The detective now has to break the news to the husband, and in the back of his mind, he's wondering, am I telling a loving husband that his wife's been murdered, or am I talking to the killer? Right. He goes back into the room and informs Peter that his wife is dead. Peter begins to cry and tells him that he wants to be the one to tell his children. He gathers them all up in a group hug, tells them that someone had broken into the house, attacked their mother while she was sleeping, drove away with her, and they found her body next to her car. Now, the detectives kept the cameras rolling as they wanted to see the reactions of everyone. I listened to it on the Dateline podcast, and it is so sad. You can hear the gasps for air in their crying, which tells you just how much this hurts. Yeah. Kiara had fallen to the floor. Peter was in shambles. But Darian was over away from them in some sort of daze. Yeah. When asked about his reaction, he said he felt like all the air had gotten sucked out of him. He had a hard time believing that this was real, but to investigators, it made them question his innocence. They pulled him aside to talk with him, and he was shaking, which only made detectives more suspicious. Was he shaking because his mother was murdered, or was he shaking because he had something to do with it? Yeah. Darian tells investigators that he had gotten home from a friend's house around 11.30 p.m. He said he couldn't sleep, so he spent the entire night playing video games. He says that between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., he heard some rustling in the kitchen, but he thought it was just his dad getting a snack. Other than that, he heard nothing. Peter and Manuela's oldest son, William, was interviewed, but he, but he was cleared right away because he did not live at the home and he had no motive. They also interviewed their daughter, Melanie, who was cleared as she was on a weekend trip with friends at the time of the murder. Now, she had already graduated and she was going to be going on to college. Okay. But she still had a room there. She just wasn't there that night. Like everyone else who knew Manuela, she didn't know anyone that would want to hurt her mother. Yeah. So, obviously, at this point, they are zeroing in right now on Damien and Peter. Yeah. Okay. Back where Manuela's body was found, investigators find that she had been stabbed repeatedly and shot once. Her killer took the time to cover up her face with plants. Around the scene, they found a footprint in the mud by the car and, a, and bike tracks leaving the scene. Mm. That Sunday night, the family stayed at a friend's Airbnb and news of Mrs. Allen's murder spread throughout the town. Everyone was devastated and just couldn't believe that someone would do this to such a wonderful woman. It had to, it had to be someone that didn't know how amazing she was. Like, they could not imagine anyone doing this. Right. Why and why? Like, there would be no and, reason. Like, people are talking, it had to have been a stranger. But police believed the opposite. Police believed that it was somebody that knew her well because they were able to get in her, their, their home, move around, no problem, and then they covered up her face. Yeah. So... All eyes are on 
the people that were in that home that night. Yeah. The day after the murder, an autopsy was completed, and it was found that Manuela had been stabbed 47 times and shot in the face. Yikes. She also had signs that whoever attacked her had tried to strangle her, and they noted that some of her stab wounds were to the back of her head. So, like, when she was on her stomach. Yeah. Just crazy. This was a very violent attack, and it made the police believe that there was a lot of rage behind it. After reviewing the evidence of both crime scenes, investigators found the, bu- the bloody footprints were made by someone wearing socks. Those socks were mm. found at the house, and can you guess who they belonged to? Peter Allen, the husband. Yeah. Mm. I didn't think it was the son. Yeah. Because, I mean... Because it's always the husband. Well, and, like, I didn't think that his reaction was out of the ordinary, honestly. Uh, yeah. Because, like, him just, like, kind of retreating yeah. and, like, having the air knocked yep. out of him. That seems 100%. like a normal reaction Well, and I left me. this part out of it, but in the Dateline episode, he does explain his reaction. Yeah. So it was just shock. Right. And that's so. a, that seems like a shocked reaction. Yeah. Like, how would... I mean, like... Yeah. That and, seems like a shock. And law enforcement said that they had to look at everything from both sides. Like they're like, is this reaction because you are in shock that mm-hmm. you lost your mom? Or are you scared that you're going to get caught? Right. Like, it's tough. I mean, I really saw a different side of law enforcement during these interviews with them mm-hmm. because they're like, we had to cover every basis and we live in a small town. So like the rangers that they were calling in was because there's relationships here. So yeah. it's tough. Yeah. You never know. Are you talking to the murderer? Or are you talking to right. family? And then like, what if it's not the murder? Then you are like, gr- like not being as sensitive as you could have. Well, been. and I was gonna say like the father gathering everyone around in the group hug thing yeah. to tell them like, did he tell them more information than the cops had already no. told him? Okay, that part that's, didn't know. that's what I was. I was no. like, I wondered if he was like saying more than they had told him. No, nope, but that's but, yeah. why they kept it rolling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. So the big question on the minds of investigators was how could three people in the small house not hear Manuela being violently attacked in her bedroom? Police were ready to get answers from Peter, so they brought him back in for questioning and they grilled him for five hours. Law enforcement thinks he's guilty and they were going to get him to crack, but he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Peter talks about how hard life has become since his wife was killed and all the emotions he continues to go through, how he himself wants to kill whoever did this to his wife. But rangers turn the table on him and tell him that they think he knows what happened, that he killed his wife. Peter remains calm and just continues to repeat himself, I did not kill my wife. Rangers ask him, so why would someone put on your socks and walk through her blood? His response, I have no idea. After the hours of interrogation, Peter is free to go and investigators can tell can't or investigators can't tell if he is telling the truth or if he's just so well trained to stay calm due to his military training yeah they were real hung up on the bloody sock the fact that he saw all that blood and thought she cut herself that whoever did this knew exactly where her keys were hanging and the fact that not one person heard the attack if she would have cut herself why wouldn't she have gone to tell her husband and asked him to drive her to the hospital Mm mm-hmm He couldn't give a clear answer on the original theory, except for it seemed more believable that someone breaking in and killing her. And I'm sorry, he he believed that his theory that she cut herself and drove to the hospital was more believable than someone breaking in and murdering his wife and then taking her body away. Right. To him, that was just like ridiculous. Well, and I mean, and I understand the daughter seeing the blood and be not Mm -hmm. understanding the amount. But if he was in the military and he saw that amount of blood, he should have known. Right. And not been, like, played along and yeah. been like, let's go to the hospital to yeah. see if she's there. Yeah. And, like, if he was in the military, 
seen that amount of blood, he knows something horrific happened. Yeah. Yes. So, with the assumption that Peter did this, but not getting anywhere with a confession, detectives continued on with their investigation. The town, meanwhile, had run loose with the gossip. Social media was covered with people saying that Peter did this or that maybe Darian did this. And it seemed that the once nice town had turned pretty quickly on Manuela's family. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that some folks weren't still there for them, but we know how juicy gossip works and people don't oh, know, yeah. know what to believe. I mean, when I get a piece of juicy gossip, I'm running with it. Or you're searching Facebook yep, or you're looking at things to I've see what other people theories. are saying. Yeah, I've got my theories and oh, yeah. I go with them and yep. it is what it is. It's yep. gossip. Love it. Now, almost a week has passed since Manuela was killed, and the anger of losing her and being accused of her murder started to build up inside of Peter. He was ready to investigate this himself. He had Darian go inside the bedroom and scream as loud as he could while Peter sat on the couch. He did, and he heard just a tiny noise, not enough to be alarming. They switched roles, and Darian sat on the couch, and he too could only hear a slight sound. Hmm. Also, at the time of the murder, the TV was on, so any noise at all would have gone undetected. So, with this information, it very well may have not been done by someone in the home. But who else knew this family and would want to harm Manuela? Something else that was noted by Peter's best friend, Vern, who was a former police chief, was that blood trails seemed to make a stop at Melanie's bedroom. Remember Aunt Melanie? Daughter mm-hmm. number two? Yeah. The one who was not inside the home? She uh, This made Vern think that Melanie knows the person that killed her mother. So the blood trail walks from the master bedroom, Manuela's bedroom, to Melanie's front door, and then back. Hmm. Okay? The daughter... Uh, I'm sorry. But never went into it. Never went into it, just stopped at it. So being back in the house and knowing that the killer was still out there, the family was very cautious and made sure their home was secure and they were protected in case that person decided to come back. So the three members of this family inside the home, plus now Melanie, all believe that Peter didn't kill Manuela. So they're freaking out. They're like not sleeping. They're like, this guy could come back. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of scary. And they're in their home where their mother was murdered. So it's a little much. Yeah. I I mean, I wouldn't want to be there. Nope. So, uh, now the investigation now the investigation is ongoing and evidence from the scenes, scenes uh, is being tested. DNA, fingerprints, etc. is all being processed. But then someone comes forward with what could be a break in the case. A worker at Lake Cooper, so like um, somebody that works to keep the lake clean and things like yeah. that, tells law enforcement that the morning of the murder, he saw a bicycle go by. And he thought that was strange because he never sees people on bikes out there. Yeah. Downside to this was the worker did not get a good look at who was on the bicycle. Right. But essentially, there was a bike track leading away from the body. This very well could have been the killer. Yeah. Detectives went to the Allen home and began checking the family's bike tires. None of the tires matched what was at the scene. For the first time, they started to actually think that maybe someone else did this. I mean, they. Sh- I mean, I know that they really think that Peter did it, but yeah. like they should have been looking. Yeah. I don't think they ever not did, but I think they were just. Yeah. They were trying to build their case against Peter the entire time without right. realizing they weren't actually building right. their case against Peter. Yeah. So uh, they started to dig deeper. What would make the Allens be a target? Nice family. Everyone knows them. Modest home. 
Like, what could make them a target? And when they asked themselves that question, they began to think that maybe Mr. Allen's gun collection was what the killer was after, and Manuela just happened to get in the way. So Mr. Allen, Peter, had this rare gun collection, and everyone in town knew that he was a rare gun collector, okay? So the family had just returned home from their summer vacation the day prior in Germany, and it's possible that whoever broke into the home thought they were still in Germany. Hmm. So if he was caught off guard by Manuela and she knew who he was, he may have thought murdering her was the only option. With this new way of thinking, investigators began to look into who knew the family well enough to know this his way around the home and who knew about the gun collection and who would have known that they were gone. So they have a bunch of information. They got to put it together. They ran a search and came across a recent gun burglary that was committed by a young man by the name of Corey Taylor. Investigators went to pay him a visit and upon arrival, they found a bike that they knew very well could have matched the tracks at the beach. Oh, First thing investigators wanted to know was, whose bike was that? Corey answered his door and responded with, that belongs to Julius Mullins. You know, Julius Mullins. Yep. Detectives have no idea who Julius Mullins is. Who the heck is Julius Mullins? But everyone who attended only high school football games did. He was number three on the team and was a running back. Mm. His dad said that Julius, so this is Julius's dad, said that Julius had a very high level of ADHD and some mental health issues, which he and his wife worked hard to get him the help he needed. However, in junior high, Julius began to get into trouble and would eventually serve some time in juvenile detention. By sophomore year, he was not doing well in school, but was an outstanding football player. Now, how did Julius fit into the Allen family? Well, he was once taken in by the Allens as he needed some, some help getting back on his feet. Manuela apparently invested a lot of time into helping Julius and really wanted to see him succeed. At this time, he was also dating Manuela's and Peter's daughter, Melanie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Their relationship was described as an intense first teenage love, as most are. After a year of dating, Melanie broke up with Julius, and that apparently didn't sit well with him. He detached from his friends, began drinking, skipping school, and smoking marijuana. At one point, he was charged with marijuana possession, and his father told him to shape up or ship out. Since Julius had no intentions of shaping up, he left and would bounce around from place to place, sleeping at the school or at his friend Corey's house, which leads us up to why his bicycle was found at Corey's. They extend a formal invite for Corey to join him at the police station, which he accepts. Sir, would you please join us? <laughs> Why, I would love to. I said it like that because when I was reading about this, the reporter said they invited him to the police station. And I'm like, you know, what if it was more like that? Like, sir. Sir, <laughs> you're would you like to join us? Like in Cinderella when the, the people from the palace show up with an invitation. Yeah. You are formally invited, madam. Like it's on a yeah. pillow. Like, <laughs> oh, you have been asked to attend. Yeah, so... Good for him. He got inv- invited. He's like, I have been waiting for this day. <laughs> right? He tells detectives that he knows nothing about the murder and that he had never even been to the Allen home. At this point, they are more interested in what Julius has to say anyway, yeah. since he has a connection to the family. Mm-hmm. Corey tells them that he thought it was weird that he didn't even show emotion when the news of Mrs. Allen's death came into light. When investigators ask Corey if he thinks Julius had anything to do with the murder, he responds with... He might have had something to do with it because he knows the house and he knows where everything's at. Yeah. Yes, Corey. Yep. Now, police are highly suspecting Julius at this point, but so is the family. 
Days after the murder, Julius was trying to comfort his ex-girlfriend, Melanie. You know, be that person she could come to. Be there. Be like, hey, I heard. I'm so sorry. Do you need anything? You want me to come over? A little snuggle? Would a snuggle help? Yep. Melanie was annoyed by this, and that's when the family started to wonder if maybe he had killed Manuela to somehow weasel his way back in as a comfort to Melanie. Yep. Darian had also said that he knew he was still very much in love with Melanie and had been trying to get her back. Could a love-scorned teen be the reason that Manuela Ellen lost her life? It was time to talk to Julius and find out. I bet you Julius did not want that formal invite to the police station. (laughs) He said, I decline. (laughs) Thank you, though. So in the interrogation room, Julius talks about how great Mrs. Allen was to him and that he looked at her like a second mother. He said he knew that Mr. Allen didn't like him much, but there weren't a lot of issues there. It was just one of those things, as Peter described it, like, that's not the person we want dating our daughter, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to do anything because if we try to, they're just going to push back. Yeah. Which is so true. Which we've seen how that goes in past cases. Absolutely. So he said that he still has feelings for Melanie and he hoped they would get back together. However, he also knew that Melanie was not having it and that she was pointing the finger at him as being the murderer. So he's like, I love her, but she also thinks I murdered her mom. So that's probably not going to work out. Right. Apparently, Melanie had lashed out against him via text message, accusing him of killing her mother. After they were done questioning him, they requested a sample of his DNA, which he willingly gave. At least he's cooperating. The next day, Julius was arrested and charged with murder due to the shoes... He was wearing matching the footprint at the beach and the tire tracks from the beach matching his tires on his bike. So the next day, they're like, they got enough evidence on him. Yeah. This kid was at the crime scene. Yeah. Both crime scenes. Initially, he denied over and over again that he had nothing to do with the murder, but eventually he cracked. Yeah. Julius went on to confess that he broke into the Allen home to rob them of Peter's gun collection, and he had made a noise that woke Manuela. At that moment, he freaked out because she recognized him and he did not want to go to jail. So he jumped on top of her and started stabbing and attacking her. She tried to run away and he threw her to the ground and started to strangle her. He then went to the kitchen to grab her keys, came back to the room and dragged her body through the garage and to her car. He drove her body to the lake, shot her and then covered her face up with leaves before riding away on his bike that he had put in the car when loading up her body. Mm. With that confession, 18-year-old Julius Mullen was charged with the murder of Manuela Allen. Wow. That escalated quickly. Yeah, no kidding. Because... And I'm sure that she would have just been like... What are you doing? Turn, what are you doing? Go home. Yeah. Like, Go home. We'll talk about this in the morning. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. apparently she was a very right. loving... And she and wanted her. him to yep. do, well do well and change yep. his life, too. She, yeah. Yeah, talk about biting the hand that feeds. She probably would have not. She probably wouldn't have even called the cops on. I honestly don't think so. That yeah. from what everything I read and what yeah. I saw in the Dateline episode, I don't think she would have either. Yeah. So, um, but we aren't done. Investigators have thought since the beginning that whoever killed Manuela didn't act alone. So they wanted to know if someone helped Julius, who was it? After constant pressure from law enforcement, Julius finally admitted that he was told to murder Mrs. Allen. By none other than her husband, Peter. Oh. Mm-hmm. He says that it, he was at the convenience store down the road when Peter Allen showed up and told him to get into the car. He said Peter put a gun to him and said, you're going to kill my wife or I'll kill your whole family. And Julius didn't want his family to die. So he did what he was told. 
He says that Peter told him he would leave a butterfly knife out for him and he would use that to kill her. He said during the entire attack, Peter was awake on the couch that he watched him do it. Now, when I heard this, I was like, how could he watch you do this if he's sitting on the couch? Well, and like, what evidence do we have of this happening too? Well, that's, yeah. That, yeah. It's just funny how I was like listening to this and I'm like, I like stopped it. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is in his words. Yeah. He watched him do it, but he was sitting on the couch and based off the layout of the house, that doesn't work. So investigators immediately saw this, thought the same thing and they immediately questioned him. Like, how could he have watched you do this if he was sitting on the couch? And he quickly changes his story to, well, he knew I was there. He also went on to say that Mr. Allen helped put the body in the car. During this interview, interview, you can hear Julius sniffling and how he gets defensive when he says that he didn't have a choice. That Mr. Allen was going to kill his whole family if he didn't kill his wife. So he's very emotional. Like, I did what I had to do to protect my family. You don't understand. You weren't there. And it's, he get, becomes aggressive. Hmm. So they know who killed Manuela, but they needed to prove that Peter was a part of the plot. Yeah. They began looking into Julius's claims about meeting at the convenience store. Video footage shows that never happened. Right. There was never any phone calls, text messages, or social media communication between them. And that bloody sock that belonged to Peter, it turned out to have Julius's DNA on it. So the only thing linking Peter to this murder was the murderer himself. It had become clear that Peter was once again not involved with the murder of his wife. So why would Julius say that he was? Yeah. The murdering little stink bug himself came clean to Dateline. So this was really cool to see. He agreed to an interview with Dateline and just sang like a canary. Hmm. He made up the claims about Peter to try to get a lesser sentence. Yeah. To me, this shows exactly how cruel Julius is. He's not some kid that made a mistake. He's evil. Peter is struggling to accept his wife was murdered. The love of his life. He's now the only parent his children have left. And this shithead tries to blame the murder on him. Well, and also, like, before they got Julius, like, um, they they were trying to pin this on Peter. And I'm sure that he was seeing that, yeah. too. Oh, so yeah. he was trying to take that and use that against him. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm sure that he was like, well, people already think Peter had something to do with this. I'm sure I can bring him into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, to me, it went in He's been through so much. Yeah. And then they finally capture this guy. And then this little shit's like, I'm still going to take this guy down yeah, with me. Like, what right. did Peter Allen ever do to you so badly that you would mm-hmm. do that? I, I, it made me so angry. Well, and when part I of me it. wonders, did he ever have him in school? Maybe he didn't get along with him at, in school. Maybe. You know but, what I mean? Or yeah. maybe they had some sort of run in at school yeah. or two. I don't know. Yeah. So... Since Julius confessed, he didn't go to trial. So that was nice. At least the family didn't have to get put through hearing everything. He was sentenced to 55 years for the murder, 20 years for tampering with evidence, and 20 years for burglary of a a habitation. Also known as a home. Habitation. I know. I saw that. I'm going to call my house a habitation. I'm like, I will leave that in there. But, yeah. Is that what they do in Texas? Is (laughs) that what they call them in Texas? Habitation? You're you're not not a realtor. You're a habitation finder. Yeah. (laughs) His sentences will run concurrent with 318 days credit for time served. 
He entered prison at the age of 19 and will be eligible for parole in 2047 at the age of 47. That's so young still. Mm -hmm. If he is not paroled, he will be in jail for until July 14th, 2074, at which he will be 74 years old. I mean, he can still get out and live some life then. Yeah. Normally, age does not play a factor in my mind, but I gotta say, I don't think this guy deserves a second chance. Nah. He killed a woman who cared about him in a vicious manner, then tried to comfort the family, then tried to blame it on the victim's husband. He may be young, but he's a bad egg, and until, until Manuela gets a second chance at life, I really don't think he should. You know, he was young, but he was old enough. Yeah. Also, when he spoke to Dateline, he told them that he was trying to rob them, but she woke up and he got scared, so he killed her. And I don't believe that. I think it was revenge because he was mad at Melanie for not going back out with him again. Yeah. I think. Do it w- you do you think he was going there to get Melanie instead? I don't. Okay. Um, I, I think that it was he knew she was gone, but I think he wanted to hurt her. But he why wanted, do you think he went to her door? Then? I think he wanted to kill Manuela to get that be able to be that rock for Melanie. Yeah. And show that he. But it, if he knew that she wasn't there, why do you think he went to her door? Just, just to like feeling maybe just like to. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, it kind of it's kind of weird. I mean, because there was no blood evidence like on the door or anything. It looked yeah. like it just stopped there. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't can't put myself in that guy's brain one yeah. bit because everything he does is right. to me just nuts. Yeah. So, um, so then you have to think about poor Melanie. Yeah, because I can't imagine this sat easy for her. And from what her brother Darian says, she's filled with guilt. Yeah. And I hate that because yeah. she doesn't deserve that. No, at not all. at all. It, Just because you don't want to date someone doesn't mean that. That Yeah. Yeah. And I, from what I've read about Manuela, I know that she, there's no way she would want her daughter to feel guilty. Yeah. That woman, and I'm going to read a little bit from her obituary so you can hear how wonderful she was to this community. But I, without even knowing her, I am telling you that woman would have taken a death over and over and over again for her family. To make sure that they never are harmed. Like this woman would go. I mean I'm telling you. She would have taken any sort of beating. To save her children. Yeah. And do, done anything for them. So I. It, she just was one in a million. Yeah. So, and it, it's kind of crazy. Because like I never met her. But she had this smile. That just. Like, I don't want to say lit up a room. But you just like. I think if we would have saw her on the street. The death sentence. No right I know. <laughs> I know. I know. She's the type of person where if you saw her walking down the street. Right. You know that she's just a kind yeah. human being. She's one of those people. I, I'm going to share her photos and everything when this episode airs. And she's just, she's a beautiful, kind looking human being. Yeah. Kind of makes me sad that I never got to know her. Yeah. So. Um, on another note, this is also one of those cases, though, that where the victim's family was incredibly devastated by this act but also the murderer's family. I so bet. Julius didn't come from a bad family either. Well, it sounded like they were trying to they get him trying this to help. help. They were trying to do what mm-hmm. they could for him. Yep. Julius's dad still to this day loves him very much. And their family's never been the same either. And they've tried to reach out to the Allen family. But it's, n- I don't, I don't know if the, anything's changed, changed since Dateline aired this. Yeah. But it's just, they can't. Can't right yeah. now. Yeah. Can't right now. So. I'm sure. That's it, tough. Maybe time. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, he still loves his son. Yep. I, I, you know, and hopefully, you know, and hopefully Julius is getting the, the help he needs in a treatment program in prison. I, you can only hope he's young. Yeah. But, um, 
So the Anne, in the Allen family as a whole does not forgive Julius, and they struggle every day with what's happened. Yeah. Being in that house and knowing what was going on behind closed doors and not, like, them not knowing now. Like, knowing now but not then. They have to live with that. Yeah. And that's terrible. Yeah. Um, but for what it's worth, they seem like a very close, loving family. I think they're lucky to have one another. Peter seems like a wonderful father. He cares so much about his kids. He says that he puts away his emotion to make sure that they're taken care of. You know, he's... Well, and I mean, a good thing is, is that the kids are older, too, Mm -hmm. that they weren't... You know what I mean? That they, you know, they they got to have their mom for a a good amount of time, which is nice, too. Not that it's easier or harder, but, you know... Yeah. So they I, got to be with their mom and see how wonderful she was and learn from her a yeah, lot. Yeah. So. So I did talk a little bit about what the property was. Um, three bedroom, two bath. Um, it's funny because um, Zillow has this as a five bedroom house. It is not. And that is why Zillow is a lie. Lies. It's just, and if you're, if you're, I don't think I've ever given that PSA, but if you're um, looking for a home, the last place you should be looking is on Zillow. So that's that's all I have to say about that. So, and from what I can tell, sales wise, they still live in that home. It's never been sold. I don't think I could live in that home. I couldn't either. I so, think I'd be selling that house. But I, I don't know. But there's no public sale. Yeah. And from what I can tell, their names are still in the tax records. Yeah. So maybe they rent it out. Maybe they still live True. there. Maybe I, they rent it. But it's. Um, I did talk about the house a little bit already. So I want to read to you. A little bit about her real quick because I, okay. I, w- I looked at her obituary real quick and it was very touching so okay. uh, I just want to hear I want to just d- read the description so so when she wasn't okay so Manuela was a loving mother wife and teacher she also put her kids and her family first when she wasn't taking care of her family she was at school helping her students she loved all of her kids and all of her students even the ones no one else believed in she was always there for everyone and spent most of her life teaching and helping students. And um, there's a bunch of like comments on here as well from people saying how she could be having an off day. And if she saw somebody else having one, she went over and yeah, put her put her stuff aside to help someone else. Yeah. So and I it's just this case bothered me a lot because she just seemed like one in a million. Yep. She was one of those people that would continue to do wonderful, wonderful yep. things. And for, she's gone for no reason. Yep. It's just awful. So, unfortunately, that is the story of Manuela Sabine Allen. No, oh, so, that's so sad. But, yeah. So, thanks for listening, everybody. Good job. I hope you did not enjoy that. I Well, I hope you enjoyed hearing about her life. Yeah. But, but yeah. And I, if the Allen family ever listens to this, we wish you all the best. And I'm so sorry for your loss and yeah. what you went through. So, yeah. But you are, you all sound like the best family ever. Yes. And I would, I would love to be friends with you because, yeah, they sound yeah. like great people. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. Okay. So make sure you check out our social media. A uh, reminder, we will be in New York December 15th through the 18th if you want to get a cup of coffee with us and talk all things murder. Yes. But uh, thanks again for always supporting our show. We love to hear reviews, suggestions, whatever you got. So, yeah, thank you so much and have a wonderful week. Peace out, homies. Bye.